It's exciting to win money. Back out to Allen. History final. Bang! Tie game with five seconds remaining. Is there anything you don't gamble on? Uh, not really. Gambling gods, fickle bunch. Oh, yeah. So easily offended. Gambling's not your problem. You're just an idiot. It is another edition of Full Slate, a podcast by Degenerates for Degenerates. My name is Greg Frank, flying solo yet again in the summer, which can only mean one thing. It's time to run through some buys and fades for another major championship on the links as we go across the pond and preview the Open Championship and at least give you some of my buys and fades for the final major of 2023. As uh, I got to say, if you're like me and you're such a sports nerd where you'd love to do different travel trips for sports, I mean, one of the first things, baseball schedules are already out for next year, and the first thing I think of when I see the Phillies schedule, that's my team, is, oh, where, where are they going? What ballparks might I be able to catch them in? I don't know that I'll ever do this because I, it would be very expensive to do both of them on top of flying over there. But an all-time sports trip would be to go to the UK for about a week and start with the end of Wimbledon, which obviously just concluded. Great win for Carlos Alcaraz over Novak Djokovic on Sunday in the men's final. And then stay over there for the Open Championship, which obviously gets underway early, early, bright and early on Thursday morning. Obviously, if you're, wake, if you're on the West Coast, even by the time you wake up to go to work, the morning wave will probably already be in the clubhouse and even for those on the East Coast, and I'm in the central time zone right now, you wake up, if you don't have to get up at the crack of dawn, like I normally wake up about 8, 8.30, and usually by then, all the morning tea times in the UK at Royal Liverpool and Hoy Lake will have concluded. So when you add it all up, it is a really, I, I think for as much as I had an argument with a coworker. Uh, former coworker who just had me on his own podcast this week. We've gone back and forth about this. He is, I think, with the masses that July is the worst sports month of the year. I I think February is worse. And uh, you're going to say, oh, well, we have the Super Bowl. But that is all we have in February uh, because you're really in a dog day's time of the NBA and the NHL, and those sports have their all-star breaks around that time. The NHL's is end of January, early February, and then the NBA's is right after the Super Bowl. College basketball hasn't quite reached its apex yet. So I think February, and of course, you're still a couple months away from baseball. So I think February is pretty slow, whereas if you can appreciate some of the other things of July, NBA free agency, NHL free agency, that takes you through the first seven to ten days of the month, Wimbledon, Open Championship Golf, and then obviously baseball second half starts, which leads to the trade deadline. I don't think it's as bad as people say it is. So without further ado, let's get to, we're going to do six buys and three fades. Uh, if you've listened to some of our other golf previews, uh, try and keep this relatively brief. Uh, admittedly, not a golf expert, but, uh, you know, admit, when you look at Wyndham Clark winning that U.S. Open a month ago at L.A. Country Club, how can you not salivate over some of the 
prices that you get in the outright market. And, uh, you know, I may never hit the bullseye, but I'll keep throwing some darts. I normally do two guys close to the top of the board, two guys in the middling, you know, 30 to 60 to one range, something like that. And then two long shots of say 80 to one or longer. Uh, I'm similar this time, but I guess I have three guys at shorter than 30 to one that I'm going to give out. And I'll just start with the guy that is my pick to win the tournament. And that is Norway's Victor Hovland. Uh, I got him at 22 to one. And if you've listened to some of the golf previews we've done in the past for majors, one of the things that, excuse me, I got, got him at 23 to one not 22 to one. But one of the things that I really like to do with golf majors is to get ahead of the guys who you can clearly tell are on the precipice of a breakthrough. And by that, I mean the guys who have not won majors who have been knocking on the door, knocking on the door, knocking on the door. And when they do break through, then you see them at 15 to one and maybe 10 to one, things like that. I mean, gosh, Rory McIlroy, it's been a while since he's won one and he's the favorite at, you know, as short as five to one at some shops. So I'm getting Hovland at 23 to one. This is a guy that ranks 13th in strokes gained and 10th in strokes gained T to green. Uh, and so the big problem with Hovland at times can be his short game. But I think it's worth noting that in Lynx Golf, uh, which is obviously what they play in the UK, you don't have as much thick grass. There's not as much rough right around the greens. And so uh, uh, you're going to get more carry with some favorable bounces and fairways, which will get you closer. And then in turn, what that does when you get closer to the pin, it allows you to putt some more balls uh, and, you know, get them closer that way that, you know, in the United States you might not have that opportunity. And again, you might need to be a little bit more refined with the wedges. So uh, I think his one weakness there kind of gets eliminated at uh, Royal Liverpool. And, uh, you know, he's probably a golfer who, uh, without that, even so, I talk about how he hasn't won a major, which, you know, oftentimes results in the price being a little bit longer than his current play would indicate. Um I also think in this case, maybe some of that is factored in in terms of the, the style uh, with his golf court, with his game, uh, maybe not being fully accounted for as uh, something that you think of him as bad around the greens, but a player that might be able to uh, weather the storm a little bit better around the greens this time around. So Victor Hovland is my first pick in the outright market. And to clarify, all my buys, I like to bet in the outright market because in the event that one of my other guys who's not my pick to win the thing wins the champ, the uh, golf major, I'm going to be pissed. I didn't have an outright ticket on him. Uh, if you follow my gambling Twitter at undercover, Greg, uh, you can certainly get more of uh, my matchup plays, which are obviously very day to day, depending on who's playing with who in each round, things like that. Um, so I like to play the matchups uh, as well as the outrights. Those are kind of where I butter my bread when it comes to the golf majors. Also, while we're on the gambling Twitter side of things, follow the podcast at full underscore slate underscore pod. Our guy Alex Uplinger does a great job managing that account. And pretty soon he'll be joining us again. I'm sure we'll probably do some kind of preseason football thing in August, do some win totals, maybe some week one early looks, and then uh, we'll be going every week running through the entire rotation. So Victor Hovland, my first pick. My second pick, 
I got to go with an Englishman on his home soil. That's Tommy Fleetwood at 27-1. to 1. I liked him at the U.S. Open, and he started to play better on Saturday and Sunday. It was just too little, too late. Uh, but he has continued to play well since the U.S. Open. How about three top six finishes in his last four starts? Uh, lost in a playoff in one of those events as well. Uh, and, you know, he also, at the Scottish Open, played well. And, uh, you know, again, Lynx Golf, something that he's used to, so we like that. And uh, his Open Championship numbers have been very good in the past. How about two top four finishes in his last three Opens? So, this is a guy that I'm not going to sit here and say, oh, what a steal on the price for Tommy Fleetwood. I mean... He's somebody that I think his game is good enough. He's had rock-solid finishes in a lot of majors. Um, and I think his game is good enough to regularly be priced in the upper echelons with the Victor Hovlands and the Patrick Cantlays and the Rory McIlroys, John Rahm, Scotty Schefflers, etc. But he hasn't found enough consistency yet to get there. The consistency seems to be there for him of late. Uh, so I like his recent form. I like, obviously, his track record at the Open Championship. Tommy Fleetwood, 27-1 for another pick uh, for me. Matter of fact, uh, yeah, I got him just at 27-1 at my book. Uh, So Tommy Fleetwood uh, in that price range. And an identical price. I mentioned how I went with a third guy shorter than 30-1. to Don't always do it. But I will say, when I saw this, it it checked a lot of boxes in terms of my uh, handicapping philosophy or something I like to do in golf. And I, when I saw Colin Morikawa at 27-1, to I just couldn't say no. Because, again, that's a golfer that we often see at 15-1 to or shorter in the outright market. And you're seeing near double that at a lot of shops. You might still be able to see a 30-1 to depending on where you're at, who you, who you use. Um, and I think that he found his game again at the Rocket Mortgage Classic, finishing top two. Uh, the strokes gain numbers in every category were much improved. And... The reason you're seeing him at 27 to 1, or again, maybe north of 30 to 1 at some books still, is the fact that this hasn't been a vintage Colin Morikawa year. And uh, I think specifically in the final major of the year, the mentality kind of makes me want to get behind somebody like that. The results haven't been great. He's only got one top 10 in majors this year, and that was at the Masters when he was T10, just barely sneaking into the top 10. Uh, you know, he did make the cut at the all three majors, uh, T26 at the PGA, T14 at the U.S. Open. Uh, and those are some of the better results outside of that T2 at the Rocket Mortgage that I mentioned last week. So it's been a spotty year for Morikawa, but it's a bet on the overall skill set um, and him finding that form again and golf is such a mental game right sometimes you get one start like his rocket mortgage and all of a sudden you start reeling him off again it's not like you're any different of a player you just start getting the confidence going again and you start making some putts and all of a sudden the 72s become 67s real fast um he had been playing well prior to the majors uh three top six finishes by the end of february uh but he really hit a lull from Really, the end of February until early July, all the way up until that, you know, that rocket mortgage start. So you're looking at about four months of un like play. 
some people would say, no, thank you. I'll see you next year at the Masters or whenever you next bet golf. But I say an opportunity for him to remind the golf world of who he still is. And I love taking prices with names who just aren't playing well because I look at that and say, hey, listen, Kyle Morikawa, again, if we're talking about Fleetwood playing well at Open Championships, Morikawa won the damn thing two years ago. So, you know, not a guy that you're going to get at this price that often. So how can I say no? That's essentially the premise behind that one. Another one that is a longer price, but similar reasoning is Tommy, or excuse me, Tony Finau, who I got in at on 50 to 1. And I mentioned Hovland as one of the best players to not win majors. Well, we talk about Finau in that vein a lot of times too. He's right there with the Xander Shoffleys, Patrick Cantlay's, etc. And, and Hovland, of course. So again, it's a bet on his overall skill level, not his recent form. And a guy that has played well at Open Championships. Four top 20s in his career and two top nines across the pond. He just is coming off of a miscut at the Rocket Mortgage. Which again, I think is probably aiding the price a little bit. I don't think anybody doubts the skill level of Tony Finau. And it's just a matter of if he finds his game at the right time. And again, when it comes to these golf majors and the the depth of the field, a lot of times the odds makers have no choice but to drift these guys out a little bit further because they have to move other guys up who are playing better. Like a Tommy Fleetwood, who normally is in this 40 to 50 to 1 window. Another Englishman who I considered at the same price range around that Fleetwood's at is Tyrrell Hatton, who we... She, uh, Pamela Maldonado, who, when we had her on last month before the U.S. Open, she talked about how much she was like in Hatton's season. So there's different guys that kind of jump up a tier from the mid-tier to the favorites or from the long shots to the mid-tier. And then because guys jump up, that means other guys have to jump back down. And if you like some of the guys, if you're confident enough in the games of the guys that jump back down, as I am with Morikawa and Finau, this is when you want to get in on those guys. You want to buy low at the bottom of the market and sell at the top of the market. I'll get to that more in depth on some of my fades. Uh, but Finau at 50-1, to 1, I, I think, again, you're getting a rock-solid golfer at a really good price, and he's just fallen on hard times a bit of late. That's a bet I'll make every single time. Uh, a couple of long shots before we get to our fades. I'll start with the South Korean, Siwoo Kim, who's a guy who really hits his approach as well and um, tends to play better when the driver is a less important club on the golf course. And, of course, again, in Lynx Golf, with all the hills and the wide-open fairways, you can get some bounces and some good carry on your drives uh, to where you don't necessarily have to be the, first, the best driver out of the air. Obviously... You're getting a triple-digit price on Kim. I got him at 100 to 1. So there are going to be blemishes that you're going to have to live with. Uh, and his putter can run hot and cold. But he's also someone that's produced some good results in some big fields in the past. And so oftentimes with your long shots, it's kind of like your double-digit seeds, your mid-majors in March Madness, right? Where you understand that 
Maybe they haven't played in the best of fields and events, or maybe their performance has been up and down. But maybe you want somebody who can, you know, in March Madness, I always look at three-point shooting. If a 12 or 13 seed can shoot a lot, anything can happen. And if, you know, in this case, you have a guy, Siwoo Kim has finished top 15 or better in all four majors. And he's just 28, seems to be a guy that's still on the upswing of his career. So, if he can hit a lot of good approaches that minimizes the concern of the drives to begin with and put him in position to make birdies anyway if his iron play is good enough. He also shot an opening round 67 at LA Country Club at the U.S. Open and, you know, obviously wasn't a factor come Sunday. But again, you're talking about a guy that's put some rounds together at times. He's made the cut two of the three majors this year Obviously, with that 67 at LACC, went on to make the cut at the U.S. Open, and he made the cut at Augusta back in April. And also, how about a pair of top five finishes in his last six events? So the recent form's good. It seems like there are enough clubs in his bag that perform at an average or above average level. Just from a game standpoint, he's maybe a little bit better than this price anyway. Um, and the major championship history isn't bad. So Siwoo Kim at 100 to 1. And then another guy I got at 100 to 1 is Brian Harmon, lefty from the United States. And, uh, he made the cut at the U.S. Open, but he's really coming in playing better since the U.S. Open. He ended up at LA Country Club finishing tie 43. But again, another guy, I mentioned Kim with that first round 67. Harmon went opening round 65 at LACC. So he put a round together, but the problem was his last three rounds were all in the 70s. Since that U.S. Open, he's played three events. T2 at the Travelers Championship. T9 at the Rocket Mortgage Classic, and T12 at the Genesis Scottish Open last weekend. And he's only got, in those three events, he's only got one round north of 69. So, he seems to be finding his game. And... Are we sure that this is a dart throw that's priced accordingly at a hundred? Like this feels like somebody that maybe should be in the eighty to eighty to one range. Because again, he made the cut at the U.S. Open, just didn't finish well. And I mentioned his recent form since the U.S. Open. Uh, also, Open Championship recent form not bad. T six last year for. Brian Harmon, T19 in 2021. And this is a course that could have a lot of run on the fairways, kind of like I talked about with Siwoo Kim. And Harmon is an accurate driver who maybe isn't the longest of drivers. And the rest of the clubs in his bag 
are where he thrives. So profile-wise, that seems like somebody that you want to get behind and throw a dart on. All right, let's get to my fades now. I have three of them. All pretty big names. And I want to start with a player who kind of fits the inverse of the Morikawa female logic, right? With those guys, it was like, well, they're not playing that well, but I know they're talented enough to put it together, and I want to take a chance on them in the final major of the year to kind of salvage their seasons. Well, the inverse is true with Ricky Fowler, and so he's going to be my first fade. Uh, I'm banking on positive regression from Morikawa and Finau. I'm banking on negative regression from Fowler because, again, if you're betting Fowler, you're getting in at the top of the market. And, listen, I'm all for a good story, but we have to bet with our heads and not our hearts. And this was a guy that really fell into irrelevance for quite a while. And, you know, good for him for having the redemption season that he has had this year. But are we sure at 26 to 1? Like, what if I told you three months ago that Ricky Fowler was going to be priced shorter in a major in 2023 than Colin Morikawa? Okay, like, you would have told me I was crazy. Shorter than Dustin Johnson. So, for me, it's just a come-back-down-to-earth vibe I get with Fowler here. He shot a final round 76 at the Scottish Open last weekend. And also, let's bear in mind, with that price in the outright market, I talked about how I like to play the matchups. You're going to be seeing him. I talked about Morikawa, price similarly in the outright market. Patrick Cantlay, Fleetwood, who I like this week. You're going to be seeing Fowler against those guys in matchups. And to me, that feels like an opportunity. I haven't put my round matchups in yet, but or my full tournament matchups for that sake. But I can tell you, I will tweet them out, and I will have, like I can already see, there's a full tournament matchup with Fowler against Cameron Smith, last year's Open Championship winner. A first-round matchup with Fowler and Shane Lowry, the winner of the Open Championship in 2019. Are we sure that he's on this level? And even if he's not, or excuse me, even if he is, he might lose those matchups. Like, he could finish in the top 10, and Cam Smith could finish 6th to Fowler's ninth or something, you know? Like, there's not much wiggle room anymore for R- Ricky Fowler. And I don't think we've seen enough of this yet to consistently say, this guy's one of the best golfers in the world again. So I think he's a fade just on price standpoint. Like, this was always going to happen when a name like Ricky Fowler got back into contention at major championships. But then I was, I'm always going to be the type that says, hold on a second, and I'll probably bet Cam Smith against him or Brooks Kepka against him, things like that. And if I lose, then hey, good for Fowler. It's a good story, and maybe he really is back. But Ricky Fowler, my first fade. My second fade is going to be John Rahm. Again, 
Usually these are my fades. Like guys at the top who you just don't have much wiggle room with to really find a good gambling value on. In his last six open championships, John Rahm has only finished in the top 10 once. Finished 34th last year. So that's not great. And then in his last six events, only two top 10s. And again, keep in mind who we're talking about here, right? Like some of those other guys that I'm buying, I'm like, yeah, two top 10s recently. Good for him. Maybe I'll consider it because I'm getting like 100 to 1 or 50 to 1 in the outright market or whatever it might be. And then I look at the matchups and it's like, oh, well, he's got to beat somebody I've never heard of in a round or a tournament championship. Why not? But with Rom, you're banking on him every tournament from a, you know, head-to-head, full tourney and round matchup standpoint, being one of the best golfers in the event. I can already tell you, I'm going to bet Tyrrell Hat and minus 110 over John Rahm in the first round. And Rahm is an underdog, rightfully so, to Rory McIlroy and Scotty Scheffler. Those prices that I'm seeing for full tournament matchups are a little too juicy for my liking to get behind Scheffler or McIlroy against Rahm for the full tournament. But like I said, I like Tyrrell Hatton over John Rahm for a first round matchup come Thursday morning. So John Rahm, my second fade. And then my last fade is a guy that I just don't know if he's the same anymore, and that's going to be Bryson DeChambeau. Uh, missed the cut twice at the Open in five total starts at the event. Uh, just one top 30 in his Open Championship history. And this is a guy that's been rife with inconsistencies and injuries. So why would I expect him to pull a rabbit out of the hat? Like, it just, I don't know. He's still young enough to where, like, there could be a another season in which, you know, at 29, maybe next year or in 2025, he's back in contention at these things. But I just think he's another guy right now. Okay? He didn't play at the PGA last year. Finished T56 at last year's U.S. Open. Was good in the PGA this year. Got Missed the cut the last two Masters. Like, he's just not really delivering routinely enough in the majors. As I said, his non-majors too, he's been too inconsistent. He's dealt with some injuries. So DeChambeau is my final fade for this year's Open Championship. That's going to just about do it for me. Like I said, wanted to get you in and out a little bit quicker today. Under half an hour, we clock out for the Open Championship. Uh, as I said, myself and Alex will probably be back with some kind of NFL season preview type deal come August. Who knows? Maybe we'll get bored and jump on with a rapid-fire baseball pod at some point in August as well. And then, of course, come September, we'll have the weekly pick pods for the NFL uh, regular season as well. Training camps right around the corner. Make sure to follow my gambling Twitter account at UndercoverGreg. Follow my regular account for all my Philly sports takes and food takes and vacation takes, whatever's on my mind, at G underscore Frank 6. Movie takes as well. Oppenheimer coming out on Friday night. We'll see if it lives up to the hype. 
And uh, follow Alex at Alex underscore up seven and the podcast Twitter at full underscore slate underscore pod. This has been full slate of podcast by degenerates for degenerates. Enjoy the open championship, the final golf major of 2023. Thanks to all for tuning in. And of course, please play responsibly.